Have you been searching for your tribe of women? Well, look no further. Tribe was created with women in mind, a place to grow, learn and connect to our best selves. Every Friday at three, tune in with your host Kay and Lindsay to discuss everything women, raw, authentic and ready to break barriers as we grow together into our best selves. Welcome to Tribe. Welcome to another week of Tribe. I'm so excited that you guys are here with us. It is February, what's the date today? Eighth. Eighth. <laughs> and we are talking about uncomfortable conversations. So we are talking about racism. And before we get too much into it, I'm going to introduce you guys to our co-host. So I'm going to let you go first, Kate, and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Kate Goodwin, and I work as an EA uh, for the Annapolis Valley Regional School Board. I uh, work in a very small school that actually has probably the largest population of black and biracial students. Um, so I certainly do understand how that works in a small community. I also would like to mention I am adopted uh, into a white family. So that kind of adds another layer to things. Absolutely. And then I'm Kate. Lindsay. I'm Lindsay. <laughs> and is it Manju? Yes, it is. Correctly. All right, beautiful. I'll let you introduce yourself as well. All right, so it's Manju, and uh, I've lived in Nova Scotia for the last seven years, and in another province before that. Uh, I am an East Indian uh, by descent, and uh, have uh, raised three biracial boys, um, part Indian and part uh, uh, North American. So uh, my experience with racism has been mostly directed at my family and my relationships. So it's been an interesting journey growing up as an East Indian in, uh, in a North American province uh, with very little roots back to India. So sometimes I'm very confused with my identity. I can actually so relate to that because um, I have quite the mixed background <laughs> and we're not really in touch with our roots. Um, my mother is Mexican and black um, and my father is German. Yeah. So it's quite the mix and I can absolutely relate to you. I lived in Canada my entire life. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, I know that you probably don't relate a whole lot. But like, do you have any experiences that you wanted to share, even things that you've gone through or seen? Just with myself, like I have indigenous background and I also am not familiar with my roots because um, if you're not aware of the history of kind of what happened with the indigenous population, uh -huh. it was a pretty dark, dark experience for um, people I know in um, Canada. So my grandmother was uh, First Nations and married a a white French man and then they had my mom and then she had me so um yeah it was a little bit kind of back then um my mom moved from Ontario to Nova Scotia so I find in Nova Scotia it's very less like that I'm able to kind of be immersed into my culture yeah. um I lived in Alberta for six years after college and I was in a treaty territory so I really started to kind of learn 
about my roots and I actually started working with the indigenous peoples as an outreach support worker. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. And I had, um, indigenous coworkers. Um, I was very fortunate because in Fort McMurray, I find it's a very diverse, um, town and it's a treaty, like I said, so indigenous population is very high. Um, I worked with someone from kind of every different ethnic background and I thought that was really cool for me just to experience because here I know growing up, um, I don't know many Indigenous folks. My school did not have any many folks of color. Like, it was just kind of a different experience here. So for my history, my mom didn't really talk about, um, kind of all that stuff got forgotten um, with my history because um, for those that don't know, they kind of stripped away the Indigenous children and took them away and tried to make them kind of a white a white culture and background so a lot of that stuff um got kind of taken with us and was like a shame to be able to talk about um our background so my mom kind of always kept quiet about it and didn't even apply for her status card because there was no information with her she thought because her dad was white she wasn't um entitled to the benefits which was true at one time but they changed that in the 80s so now she has her status and i'm waiting for mine and kind of using those benefits that are um kind of well-deserved to the Indigenous peoples as part of the reconciliation that Canada has started and there's lots more work to do but that's a little bit on on my background and I'm just learning and trying to get back to my roots and um, honor my ancestors who you know didn't have the the availability to be able to learn about that and kind of practice their their culture. Mm -hmm. And Kate I know that you had said that you were adopted I so I can imagine you probably dealt with your fair share of different things around culture. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'd like to say, though, by beginning, the uh, people that adopted me were absolutely amazing and uh, much before their time. I was 60 in November, so born in 1963. Girl, and, I didn't um, know that you were 60. You look good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. Black don't crack. <laughs> anyway, um, so my, my adoptive parents were wonderful they couldn't be any better than they were however most of the communities that i grew up in until i reached um my teenage years there was nobody absolutely nobody that was black and um as a young person i didn't want to stick out so as much as my parents god love them you know uh tried to get me involved in things that they uh, thought would help me uh see myself and you know um embrace my culture I wanted nothing to do with it mm-hmm. I just wanted mm-hmm. nothing to do with it because I felt embarrassed and I didn't want to stand out I, I just didn't so I just said no 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 so I really didn't learn about myself until I started um, the job as a an EA um, and then I was assigned specifically to a girl of color because her mother pushed for that which most people don't know you can push for that so that was my beginnings of working for that. If your child needs an EA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not know that. Yep. Wow. I know I definitely dealt with my fair share. Um, I grew up in Halifax. And I can't say that I really, that there wasn't culture in the school, because there was. But I just always felt out of place. And I was a very shy kid. So I found it really, really hard. Because whenever there was anything multicultural going on in the school, they instantly, you know, would pick the few black students and it was like, where uh where are you from? And start pumping the questions. And I would just sink in my seat where it was like, I'm from here. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And I remember be, I used to be so embarrassed by it because they would always say, you know, oh, why don't you share where you're from? And I'm like, I'm from here. And they're like, but where? Yeah. Where are you from? And I'm like, I'm, I'm from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, my husband's, uh, my husband's from England and he also gets that. So there you go. And he always just says, Windsor. Then yeah. they'll go before that, Halifax, because he wants, you know, them to dig a hole. So yeah. I guess um, anybody who's different in any way is going to get it in some aspect or another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely really struggled with it. And especially just with, like I was saying, just being shy. And I really had a hard time making friends or didn't really understand where I fit in because I'm biracial. Um, so I would get the comments of, you know, being biracial the fact that you know you don't talk like a black person well how does a black yes uh-huh and i hear know, that mm -hmm, i always got well you have white girl hair well you don't have a big nose you don't have fat lips and it was just mm -hmm. always the comments that made me feel like okay well then i didn't know who i was because it was like am i not black enough yes so I just and i absolutely got that what was that i said i absolutely get that because i absolutely got that you're not like the other black kids we know. We like you because you're not like the other black kids uh, and so forth. But then, equally, I got it on the black side of things. Oh, look at you. Little black girl thinks she's white. <laughs> Little black girl thinks she's white. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's funny because my sister called me a coconut once. And I'm like, what is that? And so she said, you're brown on the outside, but you behave like a white person. I'm like, what oh now? Like, I behave like me. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm me. I'm sorry. And and I get yeah. the same. Where are you from? I'm from Newfoundland. Uh, no, where are you really from? Well, I was from Malaysia before that. But no, where are you really from? Well, I spent three months as an infant in India. Is that what you're waiting for? Like, <laughs> it's just, right? Like, it's so frustrating because, yeah, it's finding your identity and, and, and you know, the Indian community, they feel that I'm too white. And then the white community definitely don't think I'm white. White. And then and I have three boys who look very East Indian, but they are half Newfoundlanders. And, uh, and they get called awful names, right? Mm -hmm. And they look at them with their beautiful Newfoundland accent, like, I'm from Newfoundland, boy. You know, yeah. like, why are you calling me go yeah. back to Syria or the N word or any mm -hmm. one of those awful things that they get called out? Right. It's just the judgment. Yeah, it's, it's terrible that at this point in age that we're still doing this. And it doesn't really help because I feel like the school system isn't really making it any easier. No, <laughs> yeah. I can I can um, attest to that. Uh, uh, we do have a race and culture relations thing, and I'm sure every school board does, but I'm going to tell you, they sure don't want to take it to that level. And if they can do anything not to take it to that level, they will sweep it right under the carpet. Yeah. Um, my son is autistic and he's around the same complexion as me. And he has, you know, dirty blonde highlights through his hair because again, my father is German. So my kids have picked up some of those genes. And I always teach my children, you know, everybody looks different. And based on your background, sometimes you won't even look like your parents. You might pick up something from your grandparents and just being okay with who you are. And I'm grateful yeah. that my children are, but they get horrible things at school. You know, my son comes home and he's just devastated because, you know, he's had kids on the bus that have called him the N word. 
Mm-hmm. And he's very sensitive. So he tries not to get up too upset, but he comes home. And then eventually he just starts crying. And he's like, you know, this is what they said to me. And unfortunately, you know, the school hasn't done too much about it. It's just a suspension. And for me, it's just like, I've been suspended before and I have never complained about getting to stay home for a day from school. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But they hold so many conferences and or assemblies for so many things. But when it comes to racism, I don't see them holding anything at the school. Oh, they do on Black History Month now. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But in the end of the year, there's nothing. I'm being, uh, you know, a smart Alex, oh, but yeah, yeah <laughs> let's just drag it right out and dust it off in in uh, Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, we've brought this up to the school several times, you know, that this needs to change, and why are we not bringing in some Black activists, and the kids hearing from somebody outside of the school system who's not their teachers, talking about racism and the effects of it, and what it does to them, and the long-term effects, and all these things, and it's just constant, you know, change the topic, change the topic. And I really think that they don't like me because when they change a the topic, I change it right back. <laughs> yeah. It's because, um, oh, sorry, nobody wants their school to look like there's racism, racism in their school. Now, there's racism in every school, but they don't want it written down on paper. So if they can get, a, get away from that, they will get away from that. Yeah, but you know what? The real way to get rid of it in the school is to be constantly talking about it and having these assemblies. And you know what I mean? The more we are uncomfortable and sweep it under the rug, we don't want to talk about it. We're just, it's just going to keep happening. Agreed. And especially the fact that there's no real consequences. You get to stay home from the day from school and then you have to come back to school and write an apology letter. Yeah. But I will say again, sorry, working in the school, unfortunately, we've seen a real shift in how we handle discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's true throughout the throughout the board. It isn't just, uh, you know, people of color. Um, We just have done a real shift on what um, we as staff are allowed to do or so forth. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's hard. And I mean, I I don't know for you guys, but for me as a parent, it's like, I just want to rip my hair out because it's like, as parents, I'm sending my children to school. And sometimes I think maybe I need to go back to homeschooling so that I can protect my kids because I don't even, I feel more bad sending my kids to school every day when they're constantly coming home saying, you know, this person, you know, was pulling my hair and making comments about my hair. This person called me the N word. My son just recently was told that he should die and be buried six feet underground because that's where black people belong. Oh, and terrible thing and it's it gets to that point where I say am I doing the right thing keeping my kids in public school or do I need to start homeschooling again it's a it's a hard um I'm glad my kids are are through um my children are uh part black well I'm actually half black half white so my kids are less than I am and their their uh, birth father was Italian and fairly dark complected so my three children actually look quite different. My youngest son, I would say, looks most black. My middle son looks uh, Middle Eastern. And my daughter looks Italian. Mm-hmm. Now, Mandu, are all of your, your boys, are they the same complexion as you as well? Yeah, they are. And all three of them have a sporting beautiful fades and short hair and beards. So I'll tell you a story of when my oldest son had to go to the States for a conference and I had to beg him to shave his face because I was afraid that he would, you know, be pigeonholed mm-hmm. while crossing mm-hmm. the border. See, that's right? something and, you have to think about. Yeah. 
and and I was so scared. And all while he was there, until he got back to Canadian soil, I was worried. And he did. He did shave off his beard. Um, and it's awful that we would like. I have to worry about stuff like that. Like when they were young, it was it was funny because they'd say, "Oh, mom, we are always." you know, one of the three wise men in the Christmas play because we never get to be Joseph, right? <laughs> and, but then later on when they come back, you know, and they tell me stories of, you know, they were, they're working an, uh, an overnight shift at Tim Hortons and some drunk guy comes in and calls him a half N word or mm. a, a, a sandy N oh, God. word. Mm. Like, you know, it, it's just, I don't even know what these words are. And I'm like, what? What is that? And I have to look it up, right? And it's yeah. just, it, and as parents, you want to protect your children. And and then I'm like, I don't know how to protect you from these cruel insinuations from people. And it's just like, why would you tag anyone? Why, you know, and then, and they're Newfoundland boys, you know, and they, they have no accent. And then people are like, but where are you really from? Where are you really from? Like, I'm from yeah. Newfoundland. Like, stop I get asked that question me. so much. Yeah. I think I think what the heart, and the reason I was asking if your boys were the same complexion, because when Kate was mentioning that, and I was like, you know what, this is something that I wanted to talk mm -hmm. about. And I'm, I'm, I'm scared for when my youngest goes to school, because my youngest daughter, um, she picked up a lot of my dad's genes. So she's very pale. She has curly hair with blondish highlights through it. And she has like bluish green eyes. And I've literally been stopped in the superstore and in Sobeys where yeah. people have said to me, you know, oh, they're talking to my, you know, my, my oldest daughter or my oldest son. And they'll say, oh, is this your sister? And then they'll say, is this one your cousin? Because they automatically just assume mm -hmm. that that's not my child because yeah. she's paler than the other two. Yeah. Yeah. I get and I laugh in March I always get somewhere when I'm in a store oh you must have got back from somewhere nice did you and I just say uh, no oh nope. canning beds <laughs> nope and then they're stuck oh it's like oh what do I say now and I just let them sit in it yeah 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 or or or, or a weird lingo that people have used for years and years and years and one common one was saucy as the black right mm -hmm. and and then they'd say it and then they'd look at me and they were like oh my goodness right like because they don't even realize where these terms come from mm -hmm. right it's just yeah. uh I, I don't know there's just so much more education that needs to happen in our Absolutely. society Absolutely. <laughs> and it's just crazy because you know sometimes it's like the ignorance because people don't understand how genes even work in the first place aside from whatever culture you're from, it doesn't matter. But just how genes work, you know, the people and they say, oh, well, that can't be your kid because that kid's so, so white mm -hmm. or they're too dark to be your kid because you're so pale. And it's, it's just, mm. it blows my mind sometimes. I just, the ignorance. Yeah. And I, I, I have... don't know what to say because I've stood in stores and I'm literally just, my mouth is hung open and I'm like, do I freak out right now? Do I walk yeah. away? I don't even know what to say because I'm, I can't believe someone had the audacity to even say that to me. Yeah. I, I, have five grandchildren and three of my grandchildren are in PEI and they have blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh, wow. That's my, my oldest son's uh, three kids. And oh, when I'm in Walmart, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm in Walmart and like people are staring at me and they're like calling me by my Tamil uh, title, which is party. 
And they're like, why are you hanging out with these three little kids? You know, have you kidnapped them? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, they're my grandchildren, you know? Yeah. Not that they asked. They, I get the looks. Yeah. Right? Like, what are you doing with these kids? Yeah, my mom gets the same thing because it's it, there's been quite a few times that my mom has called me when she's had my children and she says, I see now what you're talking about because she'll mm-hmm. go to Walmart and people will stop and start talking and then they always ask, is this one also your grandchild or is this a little cousin? And she's just like, are you serious? Yeah, I had somebody baffles me. I had somebody say at a birthday party to me once, and I knew the woman very well. The only thing I'll say is she was an older lady, and at that time I babysat, so I had uh, mine, and then I had this little boy that I babysat who couldn't have been any more white. Anyway, she said to me, "This one, he's he's not yours, is he?" Which she very well knew he wasn't, and I said, "No, he's not. I babysat him," and she said to me. I was going to say, must have been up in the woodpile somewhere. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And uh, my friend whose uh, son, she was absolutely mortified. She couldn't believe it. She was just the one to crawl into the ground. And she said it in such a way that she absolutely had no idea what she'd said or said anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, my wow. God. And, you know, I don't know how much you guys relate to this because I don't know what your temperaments are like, but I grew up with a very, very strict mom and my mom didn't tolerate no SHIT. <laughs> so I've been around it my whole life. So I've always tried to like, okay, how do you approach things without going off? Because I don't want to lose my temper, but I also don't want to not say something. But I think the hardest part for me was there's certain times when there's just certain limits reached when someone just says some really out of pocket comments And I think the thing that hurt me the most was my mom saying to me, you can't say anything. And I said, well, this is wrong. I need to say something to them. And she said, you're going to give them exactly what they want. Because if you get mad, now you're the hostile black woman. And now you're just giving them what they want. And they're just going to look at you like, see, you're angry. You're angry black woman. Mm. Mm. And it was the worst feeling to feel like I couldn't defend myself because I was going to be put into this category of now I'm the loud black woman or I'm hostile. And it was just, it's unreal. Yeah. My mom and I had a conversation after I left school because I had a really, really hard time in school. And um, I felt, again, embarrassed to bring it up to my white parents. As much as they were so good, still, it's just such an icky feeling that even though they were so good, I still did not want to bring it, you know, anything that had happened up. But when I finished high school, my mother and I had a conversation about it. And the funny thing is, she said to me, do you know how hard it was for me to let you go on the bus and just not go on after you and stick up for you? But Mm -hmm. she felt I would be a lot worse and I would be picked on even more if she were to do that and then step away. So Mm -hmm. for her, she made a conscious decision to kind of let me fight my own battles because she thought that that was the best thing for me. Mm -hmm. And she genuinely did. Yeah. Now, our last few minutes here, I just want to talk quickly about some appropriation, things that are appropriate and inappropriate, because I know all of us have different times where we may not even think that something's inappropriate and not knowing that we're hurting someone's feelings. So I know we've shared some of them, like just different comments, but I would love if you guys want to put in some input on just some inappropriate things that we should not be doing. Like, for example, for me, a really big one for me is touching my hair. Um, I grew up my whole life 
with being in the school system and constantly having even my teachers grabbing my hair how do you make your hair curly and it was the most awkward question as a kid because I was like I don't even know how to answer that and I just looked at them and I'm like what do you mean well how does your hair do that and constantly putting their hands in my hair and it was like I was born that way I, I washed it I'm like <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say this is my hair <laughs> well I've heard um uh <clears throat> excuse me I lost my train of thought give me a second go on <laughs> Go on without me. It went right out of my head. Mandu, did you have anything you so, wanted to share? Yeah, so for me, it, it's never, it's not the hair, but it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, when when Kate said, you know, like, I, you said she doesn't look 60, you know, I'm, I'm 58, pushing on 59. And people are like, oh, it must be your genetics. I wish I was Indian. I'm like, uh, no, you don't actually. You just want my complexion mm -hmm. and my hair and you know and and they say oh how so what are you using I'm like I'm not using anything I was oh, I this way <laughs> right just leave me alone just, how do you make is... your hair curl like that is it too frizzy yeah. how do you do that and it's like then the pulling of the curls and I'm like please stop touching my hair <laughs> yeah I get who are your real parents that's what I was going to try to say when they find out I'm adopted they go do you know your real parents to which I always answer, yes, I do. They're the people that adopted me. Do you mean my birth parents? Because I know my birth parents also. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and that I'm one so really sorry. bothers me. Yeah, no, I can totally relate to that. My, my sister was adopted. I didn't know I had a sister until I was five or six. And she was adopted um, by a white couple who's missionary. So she was very grateful to travel all over the world and see so many cultures. But some of the things that she struggled with, you know, not knowing who she was and who she identified as and traveling all over the world with these people. And, you know, you can just imagine the comments of these two white people traveling all over the world mm -hmm. with this black child and just the disgusting things that she went through. So I've always been very mindful of that, of, you know, no matter where someone comes from, there's just certain things that you just don't say. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you really just have to keep, like your mom teaches you when you're little, keep your comments to yourself. <laughs> I will say, though, and I'd like to say this because this is sort of a different a spin on it. I went one time to a um, to a, a PD, a, like a professional development thing, and it was on Afrocentricity. And um, there was literally not a single person in the room who was not black or biracial and obviously black or biracial, not a single person. Now, that for me was the first experience that I ever had of being with only black people well i'm going to tell you it it goes both ways because there was a lot of things that they said that shocked me because mm -hmm. my first go-to is not to think it's racism i try not to let that be my first go-to and i went home i it was a five-day thing and day two i just went home and bawled and my husband said well you know don't 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 go again if you don't want to I said, you don't understand though. It's almost like um, I have, I can experience like both sides of things, but I can't express that because then I'm not accepting that I'm black. I'm not accepting that I'm black. And mm. I accept that I'm black well enough, but guess what? I'm also half white and I'm allowed to accept that too. Yes. Oh, I relate to that so much. Well, thank you guys so much. We're so glad that you guys came on. Thank you for having us. You're so welcome. 
I think too, going forward, the key kind of thing that stuck out for me is in order to kind of um, put a stop to this hate in these comments and stuff is it all starts with awareness and education. So going forward, how can we bring more awareness and education to this generation so that we have more love that's being spread and, you know, celebrating people for their differences rather than looking at them like they're from a different world. So Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. definitely going to be a thought that I'm going to ponder for the month and really kind of think how we can make more of a change um, for our next generation specifically, because no one should have to experience um, the hate and the racism that's still currently going on today. So thank you ladies so much for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on this episode and journey of connection, growth, and support. Remember, together we are stronger. We would love if you left us a review by clicking the stars below our podcast episode and let us know how you're enjoying our show and helping other like-minded individuals find us too. You can tune in for a new episode every Friday at 3 p.m. If you haven't already, be sure to follow us on social media to stay connected, hear about upcoming events, and access exclusive content. Find us on Instagram at tribe underscore Annapolis Valley and on Facebook under tribe in the group section where you can engage with like-minded women and continue growth in these conversations. Until next time, let's keep shining and supporting each other, continuing to build one another up and be powerful creators of our lives.